Hi, and welcome to episode nine of Career Advice. It's been a while. We haven't recorded these in quite some time, and we are very sorry. But we're back, baby. We're back, baby. And we have exactly what we promised what we would have at the very beginning, which is our first guest. Yay! Yes, before we introduce our first guest, uh... Yeah, just just some housekeeping notes. We are still here. The plan is still to continue our podcast. We don't know what the release frequency will be, but it they'll, they'll come. We promise they'll come. It's it's tough to get people and and align everyone's schedules, but it's going to happen. And yeah, it'll happen when it happens. And if you're signed up to our mailing list, you will you will know when it happens because we will let you know. How do people sign up for our mailing list? You can go to our website at careeradvice.com or .ca. You can scroll down past their beautiful faces and add your, <laughs> add your uh, email to the mailing list and we'll send you, send you the good stuff. Awesome. Anyway. Well, we contemplated for a long time uh, in, you know, in terms of who we should bring on for our first guest of this show. And, uh, mm-hmm. But I think as soon as we landed on the criteria, which is picking someone that we both respect very much, professionally and personally it took no time to uh land on this very special guest today that we have yeah so our first guest is daryl mabini you might not know him but he is pretty well known in some circles in the pension industry uh and he's also one of my good cousins just just so you know but uh yeah daryl's daryl's been around he's got a lot of experience he is well-spoken fun to talk to someone who has done quite well for himself and in his career and I think has a lot to share about things things that he's learned so far and it should be a good chat. Welcome, Welcome to the show. Thanks guys. Um, I feel a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Not, you know, not just because of like my career and my job. I feel more pressure because I'm your cousin. I'm like, <laughs> I, better, I better not disappoint my uncle. I'm like, listen, I'm going to treat your son really well. <laughs> no, no matter what you do or say, it'll it'll be it'll be fine. <laughs> awesome. we're, just, we're having fun here today. That's great. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So Daryl is uh, the AVP, Assistant Vice President. Uh, of pension advocacy and research at Hoop, which is the Healthcare of Ontario Pension Plan. Uh, we're not going to, you know, try to dig too much into the specifics of that particular job. I just want to reiterate that everything we talk about on this podcast, they are our own ideas and opinions. They don't represent anything of our companies or where we work. Uh, we're, we're just here to try to share some learnings. Awesome. Before we jumped in, I have to say it feels pretty strange to call you Daryl. Feels yes. kind of disrespectful. Yes, actually. So in <laughs> we're I'm Filipino. Could <laughs> Daryl is Filipino, and in our culture, you call uh, you know uh, your older brother or older kind of sibling who is a male by by the term Kuya. So uh, we call him Kuya Daryl, or by his his name known in the family is Kuya Deng. You had to bring that one up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what does Dang stand for? So, so, sorry, before we get into yeah. that, Filipinos love to have like nicknames oh. for family members. Absolutely. Oh man, nicknames in our particularly in our family. I think in most Filipino traditional families, I think like you said, nicknames are so common. <laughs> um, and 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 the the first name, whatever the nickname is, it, it usually repeats. So yeah, yeah. I know you call me. Kuya Dang, D-E-N-G, but I think how it originated when it was <laughs> when I was younger. And I still, to this day, my mom hasn't really told me like specifically why <laughs> those four letters, but it was Dang Dang, or my yeah. sister is Mimi, me, me, or my little brother is Cell Cell. Like, I don't know what any of that stuff means. It's just a Filipino thing. Yeah. It's like how every Filipino has an uncle named Boy. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Which and we, we, do. we do. We do. We have an uncle named Tito Boy. Oh my god, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. So do you, do you want to start with uh, with the questions? This is a new new format for us. So like we we have a page prepared of of things we want to talk about, things we want to ask Daryl. Uh, why don't you take it away, Ling? Yeah. Um, well, maybe to start just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better, because um, I'm sure they'll look you up on LinkedIn after this. What are or maybe Google. or Google? Um, what are three things people wouldn't know about you by just looking at your LinkedIn profile? 
Jeez. Um, I'm sure there's lots of things I can say, but if I can start with three things. Um, I have a wife and four kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. My kids, I have two boys and two girls. I've uh, been happily married for, it'll be 20 years this August 31st. 20. Oh. Well, happy early anniversary. Yeah. Yes, Congrats. thank you. Thank you. Hope my wife is listening. <laughs> this will earn me some brownie points. Uh, <laughs> nice. Maybe I won't have to sleep on the couch on yeah. Saturday night. Um, you, you never had a tiebreaker child, though? Two boys, two girls? Uh, listen, I wanted five. <laughs> Actually, I wanted, uh, no, I wanted five kids. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Sean, like, uh, so Sean and I, like, um, his dad and my mom, related um, siblings and their family had nine brothers and sisters. Yeah. And so mm. when we grew up, um, holidays were amazing because yeah. we had like 20 cousins yeah. and I've always been used to big families. And so I thought that's kind of like the norm, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, big families in, in our culture. Um, so I always thought, I don't know why five, but I thought five was like a good number, like yeah. <laughs> five kids um, until you have them. And then you yeah. realize... <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and we, we love our kids to death. Yeah. Uh, so the two oldest are, uh, two oldest are Devin and Ethan and the two youngest are Madeline and Larissa Yeah. from 18 all the way down to 10. So, yeah. uh, we're very proud of our kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know they're going to be listening to this, so I better, uh, <laughs> I better represent the Mabinis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a big time commitment having kids. We don't have kids yet, mm-hmm. uh, but also a big monetary commitment one kid i heard is a lot mm-hmm. you know daycare costs of over two thousand per month these days that's that's a lot but i did did the family help take care of the kids when you had them 100 percent um and it's it's tough if you don't have that family support mm-hmm. yeah right like you know i i know many of our friends have you know um three or maybe two or less and they're very happy mm-hmm. you know and uh, you know when you when you when you talk to couples who are thinking of having families they think one or two because kids are expensive and mm-hmm. or i mean there's a cost and, and yeah. whatnot but the cost is like i don't think of it as a cost i think of it as an investment yes. into someone's future right and, and your offspring and they're going to live on to do great things and mm-hmm. and so you know, we, we are happy to make that investment, but not just monetary investments. Mm-hmm. It's time, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. And, you know, when you have kids, whether it's one or, or many, mm-hmm. um, y- you have to put them, their needs in front of yours. Yeah. Um, and, you know, before my wife and I had kids, like, it was fun, right? Like, yeah. you're going out to dinner, go whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. Like it just there was that freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have kids, it's it's different. It's different responsibility. But I'm, yeah. but my wife and I, Melanie, uh, Melanie and I, we are glad to take on that responsibility because we both love, we love kids. We love our kids. Like it, and it's just it's just a joy. Yeah. Um, and you know, selfishly, I have a retirement plan. So they're gonna take <laughs> care. Of they're they're going to take care of me. That's my retirement plan. That's right. That's right. And and since I w- work in the retirement industry, I just want to say I'm doing my part mm-hmm. uh, to contribute to the CPP. So I have <laughs> four <laughs> kids who will contribute to the CPP to make sure that other Canadians will uh, will. Uh, Hell yeah! Uh, the, the, yeah, you've done your part by ensuring your kids will will do theirs in due time. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Making sure it's well funded. The CPP, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So family, wife, happily married, four kids. Uh, what are the two other things that people wouldn't be able to tell from your LinkedIn profile? Um, I, uh, <laughs> I've, I always, I don't know what it was about boy bands. I love the boy bands. <laughs> I, I wanted to be in a boy band, sort of like, is that to be a pilot or a boy band? Did you have frosted <laughs> tips at one point? Um, Died am hair. I allowed to talk about that? I, guess <laughs> I, I did have frosted tips. Oh, I, yeah. um, Justin Timberlake, one of my favorite boy bands. <laughs> <laughs> I loved NSYNC and, uh, you know, th- those boy bands, they're, they're great. They're nice. Backstreet Boys, everything, yeah. So yeah, Still good. Yeah, yeah, so I'm a closet boy band fan. <laughs> and uh, No shame in that. I no, am one too. Yeah. I'll gladly say it. 
It's probably on my Spotify playlist. I have, I have one boy band uh, playlist like, for sure. I, I know people who are top 0.5% for Taylor Swift and like they're these buff macho guys. So. I think we sing um, I Want It That Way. All the time. Way, <laughs> way more often yeah. than we should be. Always played in the car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, music has always been a big part of uh, our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just it's just the joy of music. Um, you know, and my other third thing I want to say is like, I love sports. Lo- mm. I love sports. Mm-hmm. Sports and music have always been really integral part of my growing up yeah. and shaping who I am. Like, I'm not a musician, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love music. And yeah. I, my parents, um, you know, had me or uh, gave me the opportunity to play instruments as a, as a kid growing up. And, I, you know, three of my kids play sports, soccer and hockey. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and the youngest one, while she plays some sports, some organized sports, it's not her interest. She loves yeah. playing piano. And Amazing. I'm like, and I think it's awesome that one of my kids finds the arts, um, you know, of interest. And yeah. I think it's, I think it's really important. I think uh, we put a lot of emphasis on, on sports and, but I do think there should be a balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you said your parents gave you the opportunity to play instruments. Does that mean they forced you to play instruments? <laughs> yeah, in the Filipino culture, <laughs> opportunities are forced to play instruments. <laughs> piano, yeah. piano. Uh-huh. They made me, sorry, made me, <laughs> gave me the opportunity <laughs> to play, uh, you know, violin, organ. In high school, I loved to play, I, you know, I had a chance to play the trumpet, and that was fun. That oh, was fun. didn't I, you I also? Yeah. yeah. I have a trumpet at home. That's awesome. We're going to have yeah. to break it out and play, I guess. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, let's move on to like the, the career and work part mm-hmm. of the podcast. And this is a question that I'm hoping to ask every uh, guest we have on the show. And that is, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Yeah, this, that's, a, that's a tough one. And if, it's, if not the best, what are, what are some very good pieces of advice or very good piece of advice that you've received yeah so i'll um i think that's a better way to put it because mm-hmm. i think part of the learning journey right in a career is yeah because you in most in most cases you'll have um you'll be working for many employers especially in this day and age right you're not mm-hmm. sticking to the same employer necessarily that's 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 not the norm anymore like it used to be when our parents were growing up. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Hate to generalize, but I think it's moving in that direction, right? It's moving in that direction. It 100% is, yeah. So I always like um, try to pick something up from former managers that I've reported to. Um, you know, and one of them, like early in my career, you know, I, was, I always thought that, you know, you, you just kind of do whatever you're told and, and you just got to, you know, you take, take your lumps. march. Yeah, take the lots. You know, the marching orders, and you just deliver. Mm-hmm. And I think, for the most part, in my early years, that's what it was, and that that's fine. It's it's how you grow and learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of my managers, um, uh, he took a very laid back approach. And when I say laid back, it wasn't that he was lazy or he didn't care, mm-hmm. but he let us do our thing. Like he he was paying me to perform a certain responsibility. And he let me do it, mm-hmm. which also meant I was making a lot of mistakes. Cause, I mean, he was giving me guidance, but he was letting me make the mistakes. And he was like, okay, that's fine. Let's just move on. Like, now yes. we know it's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't rake me over the coals for it, I mean, that was like, wow, I just, um, you know, this, was, this could have been really awful, mm-hmm. my conversation with him. But he really let me grow. And I think that was really important in, in my career, especially like as I started to manage other people, mm-hmm. um, it was it, to, to me that that learning experience around letting people empowering individuals yeah. mm-hmm. we say that a lot, right? We like yeah. empower individuals, but do you actually as managers mm-hmm. do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I really feel that as managers, you have to allow your staff, your team members to, 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 you know, do, do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let them manage that process because, because you know, that's, you know, for some people, uh, micromanagement is not, being micromanaged is not helpful. It doesn't help you grow and that sometimes yeah. it can make you anxious and nervous. Mm-hmm. But he, he, did, um, he did a great job just letting us do our thing. 
that that sounds like a really good leader. Mm-hmm. There's there's that balance where you have to try to like you feel like you have to protect the people you're you're managing, but at the same time, like you might turn out to be the person who feels like you can't relinquish control and end up doing the the stuff that would teach your the the people you're managing yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the, well, the concept of psychological safety is getting really popular these days. And Very I think popular. what you were describing is exactly that, right? You felt psychologically safe with this boss who is empowering you and letting you learn and do things at your own pace and make mistakes and it was okay. Yeah, I think a lot of managers out there can learn from that. 100%. And, but, you know, like it also takes the individual. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's making the mistakes to understand, yeah. okay, let's not make the mistake. I better, I better not make that mistake again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I used, to, I used to call him, and now I'm, gonna, I'm referencing my age now, but I used to call him uh, Cito Gaston of, of management. Like he was... I'm sorry like, to say I don't know who yeah. that is. Yeah, okay. Well, well, yeah. He, was, he, was, he was the manager of the Blue Jays um, oh. when they won the World Series the back to In 92-93. In the okay. late... Yeah, now late, I know. Yeah. And he had a very laid-back approach. He led his players perform and when they made mistakes you could see him when they'd go back to the dugout he'd put his arm around them and coach them in the moment mm. nice mm-hmm. but it wasn't like some of the other baseball managers where they're throwing you know <laughs> some of the bats and gloves and trying to make a point like hey yeah. you you effed up like yeah. no he was like really sitting down mm-hmm. and coaching them in that moment and that's really important especially for someone young like like me at the time mm-hmm. yeah who I, I didn't know my left from my right. I thought I knew everything. <laughs> like, right? Like, you, you, mm-hmm. you think you can take on the world, but you're going to make mistakes, and you need that mentor mm-hmm. um, to help coach you through that. So I was really lucky to have him mm-hmm. as my early manager. Yeah. Wow. That is incredibly fortunate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, two, other, two other examples yeah. I, wa- I want to I bring up. When I... Um, when I moved to, so that was when I was working on a teacher's pension plan. When I moved to the Healthcare mm. of Ontario pension plan, um, I had one boss and she was, um, she was amazing. Um, and she had lots of ideas, um, full of life. She was always a people person first, family first, mm-hmm. work second. So she really believed in balance, but she really amazing. held, yeah, amazing. And she really held close to her convictions. Mm. And sometimes, and she was she was a very senior executive, at, you know, at Hoop. And you know what I respected most about her, regardless of whether her peers or others um, felt that her direction, how she wanted to lead the team or a certain initiative, was wrong, or they disagreed with her. She held really, she stuck to her gu- stuck to her guns, mm-hmm. uh, and just like moved forward. And she really sold me on that vision. And, you know, it took, it took some time for others to buy in, but she did an amazing job of selling that vision, but she would not budge on her values and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard, especially when you have the world against you, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And peers and whatnot who are saying, no, this is the wrong direction. We shouldn't be doing this. But she held true to her values, beliefs, and, and it's become a great program at at my company. So, wow. so I really respect her for that. And, you know, it, it, it was amazing. And, and then, and one, one last thing, I guess, a piece of advice, part of, part of my role is about, you know, um, educating stakeholders and members. And th- there was a point where I was re- recruiting new employers into the plan. And, and one, one of the executives said to me, he goes, you know, to be successful in, in, in this role, you have to know your product, know mm-hmm. your members, and execute with excellence. And that really, like, mm. I'm like, wow, that's... Nice. I, I, you know, I think intuitively you, you know mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when it's packaged like that in, like, three <laughs> snappy bullets, I'm like, I'm always going to remember that. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it's, it was fantastic. So I've had some really great advice and really great mentors along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and they've really inspired me. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that is that is a great answer. What which which of those would you would you recommend to your kids? <laughs> uh, you know, I would say. I would say the second, mm-hmm. the, the the second um, example I provided, where 
when you got to really stick to your guns, stick to your beliefs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Because, you know, many people do a job, um, you know, work, work at a job but aren't happy. And what I tell my kids is like, they see the success I've had, they see the success my wife has had in, in her roles. Um, you know, as they see us nearing for retirement, we talk about this a lot at the dinner table. Like, you know, for us, like, you know, in our culture back back in the Philippines, it was, you know, the, the parents would be looked after by the kids. It's just what happened, yeah. right? Like, yeah. there was no pensions necessarily. There, were, yeah. they didn't, there weren't retirement savings. You had these big families because it was like a full circle, right? You, you, yeah. you looked after. But I told, we told our kids, like, don't worry about us. Live mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. We are taking care of our mm-hmm. financial future and it's something that you don't have to take care of yeah. of us. But but what I said to them is, but just make sure that you're doing something you love. Stick yeah. to your values, stick to your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't compromise on those because then you won't be happy doing doing what you're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you might find yourself jumping from job to job, company to company, never really happy. And then before you know it, you find you realize you know, how much time you spent unhappy and just moving between things and not able to move forward or up. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Um, you mentioned about, you know, spending time with teachers, uh, the t- well, OTPP, mm-hmm. I guess, right? That's right yeah. um, and then healthcare. Have you been in pension your whole career? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, now you're really dating me. Um, yeah. I pretty much my whole working career. I've been in, I've been in this industry. Um, since 98. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I've been in this industry for a long time, but but I will say it wasn't what I aspired to be as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I always thought of myself as working in healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be a doctor or, or yeah. have, a, have a great role in healthcare because I have a lot of respect for healthcare workers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but things didn't work out for me, right? Like, I, I regretted it back then when I couldn't get into medical program um but i found it within myself to just you know keep what it what are the things that you enjoy doing or or, you know try to find a role that you can enjoy doing even if it's not being a doctor for example right yeah and it's interesting because i i still didn't want to give up on that dream Mm -hmm. um but in the meantime i needed to find a job yeah um, I worked for a rehabilitation center, um, you know, just out of university, oh. and they went under. And there was a, it was a great job, um, but they went under, and I ended up collecting <laughs> unemployment insurance for a while. So it wasn't a great time, <laughs> but you know, you learn. Yeah, like, like that's what the journey is about. You you learn from those. I won't call it from mistakes, but from those experiences. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know where you don't want to be, mm-hmm. so you know where you. You think about what you need to do to get to where you want to be. Um, but oddly enough, I, I landed this temporary job at Teachers Pension Plan, which, again, back then, it wasn't something I aspired to be. Pension, I didn't even know what a pension was. I didn't know what there was like yeah. a huge industry. And when I started working in the industry, the longer I worked in the industry, um, I started to fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. Because in healthcare, you're taking care of someone's health physically, right? Their mm-hmm. well-being. But in pensions, you're actually doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. totally. You're, you're taking care of their <laughs> financial well-being, mm-hmm. which also impacts someone's mental health and their physical well-being when they're older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of commonalities there that I found really helped me gravitate more to the industry. Mm-hmm. What I liked about it at the time when I started, too, is a small industry. Um, you kind of knew everyone. It's, it's grown so much mm-hmm. since then. Yeah, it's huge. Um, it's huge now. Um, but, it, but it's been a great journey, great ride. And then, of course, I found that opportunity at Hoop and mm-hmm. then, you know, Never look back. It's it's been great. It's been a great journey. That's how, awesome. How did you explain mm-hmm. your job to your kids when they first starting ask starting to ask what you did for a living? Like, Daddy, what's your job? What would you say? Yeah, to my to my youngest, it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, I'm helping people retire. But she's like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, breaking their legs so they don't need to work <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I'm still sucking my thumb. I don't know what retire means. Um, but I, you know, I tell, I, I explain to them that, you know, people are, you know, saving money so that when they stop working, they have this, this pool of money, this pot of money that they can draw from um, when, when they retire, when mm-hmm. they stop working, right? Yeah. Um, so my kids... 
my kids, um, well, the older ones especially, um, understand the role I have. They know I do a lot of stakeholder engagement. Um, yeah. They know the joy I, I have or I, I, when I speak in front of our members, mm-hmm. um, you know, have face-to-face meetings with some of our stakeholders. Um, you know, I've had a chance to meet government officials, our industry experts, talk in front of, you know, my peers. Like I, it, it's been, a, it's an amazing ride. And my, my kids see the fun I'm having. And I think that's really important. They see I'm having a lot of fun. I send them actually, <laughs> when I'm on the road, I send them pictures of the dinners I'm having. <laughs> like, hey, how's your, how, how's dinner at home? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm lucky to enjoying this, uh, this, this, this meal with some, with some friends, you know? So, you know, and, and, they, and they know that the, the work I'm doing and talking to others. So it's been, it's been really good. They, 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 uh, they see it as a really important work that I do. Wow. That's awesome. So for folks who are listening in who are not familiar with the pension industry, can you help us understand? So what, what is, you know, you mentioned the CPP before, and then we talk about teacher pension plan and healthcare. Like, can you just give us a pension 101 right here so that people can get to know it a little bit better? Yeah, I'll try and, um, I'll try and simplify as, as, as much as possible. But when you think of, you think of there's, you know, um, in terms of retirement savings, in Canada, there are, there are three buckets. Mm. Think of it as three buckets. So there's um, the Canada Pension Plan, which mm-hmm. all working Canadians mm-hmm. uh, contribute to, and that's something they draw on when they when they retire, or as early as 60, but generally normal retirement age. that they, People collect like 65. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there are other um, government... Um, don't want to call them government subsidies, but government sort of pensions that called uh, on OAS. Yep, old age security. Old age yep. security. Mm. Um, so that's another benefit from from the government that's um, not necessarily funded, but it comes out of you know uh, treasury taxpayer dollars. But mm. then there's the um, you know personal savings and workplace pensions. Mm-hmm. And so you know this is the area where I focus most of my attention in education educating stakeholders on is the importance of a workplace pension. Mm-hmm. You know, the statistic now that, you know, two thirds of working Canadians don't have access to a workplace pension. Yeah. Wow. Two thirds don't have access. Yep. Access to a workplace yep. wow. pension. Mm-hmm. Primarily in the private sector, right? Since the, you know, since the 60s, 70s, you're seeing a decline in the, mm-hmm in coverage in the, in the private sector. So, so those workers didn't have access to a workplace pension. Um, in the public sector, it's a little bit different. They've been able to maintain somewhat, mm-hmm. um, you know, coverage in pensions. Um, and so, and so, you know, you, you see the disparity in coverage between the, the public and private sector. And unfortunately that creates, you know, sort of that the environment of the haves and have nots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so, my personal belief is that all Canadians deserve to retire with dignity, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and in my role, it's, it's, you know, not just educating people about the plan that they have. So our members, like we educate our members on the, the great plan that they have, but we also want to raise the floor, meaning how can we help other Canadians have access to great workplace pensions? Now, not everyone may have access to, you know, a defined benefit pension plan like who. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about how we can change that narrative and how can we put policy in place so that all Canadians can generally move up that curve from saving on their own. Because we know when you when you save on your own, it, it's more expensive. It's less efficient. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. more efficient for an individual to, to be part of a workplace pension. We, mm-hmm. we did actually a research study um, we launched a couple of years ago that said, you know, there's more bang for your buck when you work, or so when you when you contribute to a workplace pension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're when you compare someone who's saving on their own versus someone who's contributing to a Canada model plan like a hoop, mm-hmm. yep. like a hoop for example, um, they get four times more wow. in retirement. That wolf. That's Oof. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and there are uh, d- different models in between. Right. Mm-hmm. But again, not everyone can have access to. A catamano plan, mm-hmm. but how do we get people moving up that curve? It may not happen tomorrow, but we have to start somewhere. 
Yeah. Speaking as someone who does not have a pension as part of their work, it is it's tough. Saving saving is hard and it's all too easy to just be like I don't want to I don't want to contribute to my RSP and TFSA now. I want to allocate that to something else either because I want to be selfish or spend a little more and it's easy to forget that you have those investment vehicles available to you. Mhm. And even for me, I work for a bank, right? So I have access to a DeFi benefits plan, which is mm-hmm. not as good as the DeFi contribution. Because I think a lot of our peers who start working full-time, maybe five, six years ago, actually we don't have access to the DeFi contribution plan. And so well, what that means wow. is we take on the investment risk, right? When we retire. Um, and yeah, retirement saving is not something I think people of our age group think about a lot. Um, or especially for this generation who yeah, wants totally. like, instant gratification right like they don't think about the next 50 years yeah. <laughs> they, they just want to the post something years. on instagram <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well, well that, that's so you nailed it right in the head it's the instant gratification mm-hmm. um how do you sell a product to someone mm-hmm. that they won't benefit from until 20 30 years out into the future mm-hmm. yeah right in some cases like for our for our members it's mandatory like for full-time employees yeah mm-hmm. They must contribute if you're part-time or casual. It's, it's voluntary, so they choose whether to opt in or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's not mandatory, like, think about... Like, so I'm lucky to be able to participate in our plan. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking... I was just reflecting as I looked at my annual statement. Um, <laughs> I'm like, man, had I not been forced to contribute mm-hmm. to this plan, mm-hmm. which the employer matches, by the way, um, you know, I would have had this savings or this, this pot of pot of cash to retire with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I remember what it was like in my thirties. I wanted to spend, I wanted to go out and do a lot of great things, but not save. Saving yeah. is one of the last things yeah. that mm-hmm. I want to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly enough, like we did, we did a um, survey and what we were seeing with, with the younger cohorts that there is an interest to save. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like it's, you know, it's not just that narrative as they don't want to save. They actually, they do want to save, but they don't know where to put the money. And mm-hmm. if they don't have access to a workplace pension, mm-hmm. then that, that sucks for them, right? Because you have this willing group of Canadians, these young Canadians who are just starting work. They want to save, but they just don't know where to put it. Yeah, there, mm-hmm. there's and no education. There's no education, exactly. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they would need to go out and do the research and want it bad enough that they're like, okay, all right, I'm going to sit down and learn just what the heck an RSP is, mm-hmm. what what these other, other account types are. I only learned that because I joined a financial institution. I'm at a fintech. So now I know what these are, and I understand the value, and I read like... Uh, What's what's the name of that book? Uh, Chil- David Chilton. Uh, the wealth, the barber, the wealthy barber, the wealthy, yeah, barber. The wealthy barber, the yeah. wealthy barber returns. Yeah. I only understand like what I should be doing because I read those books about a billion times. But my peers aren't, especially in outside of finance, aren't mm-hmm. as fortunate. And I, I read a lot of scary stats about you know Canadian seniors living in poverty due to you know having sufficient retirement savings. That's, I feel yeah. like, but, but a lot of people don't know about that, right? Like they don't talk about this enough in the news and there's a lack of education, which I think is pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, those, those uh, individuals who were able to participate in mm-hmm. a defined benefit pension plan, mm-hmm. generally speaking, they're, they're okay. Like, I'm not saying that all of them are all, like, will not be in poverty, but I, you know, a large proportion of them have a steady stream of income mm-hmm. that's coming in addition to CPP and OAS. Mm-hmm. If you if you didn't have access to a pension plan, even even a DC plan, if you didn't have access to any pension plan and you were left to save on your own, mm-hmm. I mean, like those, I, I do, my heart goes out to those individuals because they won't have enough to, whether it's pay rent mm-hmm. or if you say if you're in a long-term care facility that's not public funded mm-hmm. you to pay on your own you know healthcare out-of-pocket expenses are crazy mm-hmm. yeah like think of think of meds think of where you have to live think of if you had you know emergency services etc like all those all those things add up and if you don't have someone to care for you right? if you don't have a kid <laughs> you have four kids yeah yeah yeah, well, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's the sucker who's gonna take care of me? <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, like, like it's, it's very expensive. And, Mm -hmm. and I think people underestimate what they may need in retirement. I Mm -hmm. think people, people are getting smarter about saving more, saving often if they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So, so to your point, Sean, you're right. Those who are listening to podcasts like this or on like finances or financial well-being and reading the wealthy barber, like I think those people are, are saving what they can when they can. Yep. Um, but but those who who aren't doing that, you know, those are the ones that are going to um, struggle uh, mm-hmm. when they get older. Because I think people, some people feel CPP and OES may may be enough. But yeah. as you know, like even even today, right? Inflation's up, mm-hmm. cost of living's up. If if you're renting, gosh, mm-hmm. if you're renting downtown Toronto, it's like, I don't know how you could <laughs> I could afford it. Um, but it's but it's uh, but it's crazy, right? Like yeah, everything costs everything. So. Yeah. So just to have a steady stream of income, um, you know, you got to you got to prepare for that, and you got to think of those expenses mm-hmm. when you get older, like those healthcare costs that you may not think about as yeah. you get older. Yeah. yeah, and then you combine that with the millennials and Gen Z's tendency to want to move on from a job, mm-hmm. you know, every two to four or five years. Right. Even even for companies that offer pensions, like they will get very little benefit out of it when they're only staying for a couple of years. Yeah. That's pretty tough. Well, in Ontario, they started introducing a financial literacy component into high school curriculum. I'm just hoping that, you know, kids start to get educating on this topic, right? Like just saving in general, but also retirement saving. Because I think it's never too early to start learning about some of these things. Maybe not when you're 10, but, you know, if you're <laughs> like 15, 16, I think you should, you yeah. should know about this stuff. Yeah, I think I think um, I think educators, government, mm-hmm. um, I think they're, I think they have great intentions, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I hope that that program continues and that um, it really helps young Canadians understand the value of investing mm-hmm. early and often. Yeah, I will say though that it's also incumbent upon individuals like myself parents Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to educate their kids and others like even if you don't have kids like educate those on on what it means you know on saving for retirement and what it means to be part of a workplace pension plan a good workplace pension plan i think i think that education we can't just leave it up to government to do that i think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think we all share responsibility to do that Mm -hmm. um how do we help canadians um, all retire with dignity. I think we all have a responsibility. I, I really firmly believe that. Yeah, that's a that's, great. That's response. great. Yeah. How, how do you introduce your kids to the, the mm. value of, and the power of money? Oof. Yeah. Um, so my oldest. Yeah. Uh, started working for my sister, <laughs> um, and you know when you're young and you're making even minimum wage, right? Like even if you're making any kind of steady stream of income, mm-hmm. um, you want to spend, Yeah, yeah. you want to spend, you want to. And so, you know, like I often tell them like, Hey, listen, like you've got a lot of money in your bank account. I'm glad that you've been, you haven't been spending it. I know he wants to buy GoPro or he wants to, you know, <laughs> wants to buy a cool computer or another Xbox, but um, it's helping him understand. Like I, I'm trying to coach him and say, Hey, listen, like, People struggle to save. I think you need to try to save if you can. And I, I talk about even investing in a TFSA when he's younger, right? Yeah, like, and, yeah. and get him to invest um, a little bit here and there. I remember my grandmother uh, when I, uh, you know, when I was working working these odd jobs in yeah. high school. She knew, uh, you know, she, as a young boy, like he, I, she goes, "Yeah, I know you want to spend your money." She's like, you know, just put. Just put ten dollars away. You know, ten dollars a little. Bit. Just put, just save some and spend the rest. Yeah, she, you know, like that must have been a lot seventy years ago. I'll get you after. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, they, um, my kids, like they know. I know they don't like to hear it from me um, often, but it, it's funny. Um, we have these talks at the, at the dinner table about saving and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We try to be real with them and say, hey, if this is a life that you enjoy or if you want to have this lifestyle for yourself or, mm-hmm. you know, we live, and, and sorry, we, we live modestly. It's not like we, we don't live in like luxury. <laughs> but, you know, our kids, and we're fortunate, but we, my wife and I work really hard and, mm-hmm. and we live comfortable, uh, modestly. Um, 
but I just want my kids to know, like, if this is something, it, like, we want them to do better, obviously. And if you mm-hmm. want to do better more, then you got to work hard, which mm-hmm. also means you got to save. You can't be spending money, and and it's hard. Yeah, it's hard because you know. Mm-hmm. Every time they have a birthday, the grandparents give them money. And <laughs> He's like, oh, my God, suddenly I have hundreds more dollars. I could buy that thing that I've been wanting for <laughs> so long. That's right. Yeah. So we, we actually, um, we tell them, and now they're trained. <laughs> <laughs> birthday money and all those things, like milestones, it goes right into their RESP. So <laughs> Whoa. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. That's they awesome. call they call us the tax collectors because we, <laughs> <laughs> we come in and swoop in and take the cash and put it in their account. So, so it's they're they're saving. They're saving. They don't know, but they're saving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll thank so you funny. later. They'll thank yeah. us later. That's yeah. awesome. Can I ask a question? Um, why do you call people at who like the members instead of client or customer? So unlike banking, where it's retail products mm-hmm. and, and you know you're trying to solicit. Mm-hmm. people or clients to purchase your services right uh, you know these are members of a pension plan mm-hmm. they they are contributing to their to their pension th- their savings for the future we, we we refer to them as members i you know i guess in some plans they call them refer to them as clients as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we think of them or we refer to them as as our membership oh very interesting mm-hmm. thank you ah. well learned something today yeah deep I know. There's been a lot of learning so far. I know. So cool. Very different from our regular episodes, I, I would say. I, I feel like previous episodes, we just kind of like pull shit out of our ass <laughs> <laughs> for lack of better, better words. But yeah, this has been enlightening. It's just been a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. I, I'd love to kind of turn the questions to, to be a little bit more fun now. If, if you were to win the lottery tomorrow <laughs> and the amount is big enough for you to stop working, well, how would you spend your time? What would you do? Um, okay, so one super far off dream. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was big enough. I'd love to own a vineyard. I don't know. Whoa. Yeah, like I would just love to grow my own grapes and we're we talking about like ice wine kind of grapes or just like a, a nice cab, merlot a nice cab, cab okay. i think i've always yeah. loved cab like i'm don't get me wrong i'm not like some wine <laughs> like sort of sommelier or anything like that like I, I do enjoy my reds i do enjoy the cab but i don't know what it is i i thought that'd be what, Whoa, a, what a cool thing all right um i love it that um i guess another thing that i sort of dabble in now but um not to any great extent don't get me wrong but I, I don't know something about real estate, you know, uh, yeah. invest in real estate. That's that's uh, kind of fun. Yeah. Um, would would you call like, it a vice? <laughs> uh, career advice would would that be a vice in a way? Just to tie it back to our podcast name. Well, well, you know, I like it. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm not young anymore, and I'm, you know, I'm not too far away from retirement. I, you know, I always thought like, what would I do when I retire? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I probably, if I don't own a vineyard, <laughs> I might actually think about, you know, like commercial, not commercial, sorry. Um, you know, investment, uh, real estate. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I don't know what it is about it. That's fun. Yeah. Like bricks and mortar is, uh, mm-hmm. it's a tangible asset that you can see, you can touch and feel. I just think it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. How about, how about the managing aspect, like managing different properties? Like, is that something you're interested in or is it just like the owning and researching the asset you know what actually that's it's the researching and the purchasing i don't mm. really care much for the property management to be honest and that's just yeah, me yeah. but mm-hmm. um it's a it's lot the, of work well you know what i think it is a lot of work but it so is research yeah totally to, to yeah, find the right property mm-hmm. um in the right location takes a lot of takes a lot of work um and again i'm i'm more of an amateur in this field i wouldn't <laughs> say I'm, I'm an expert but if if i were to do something on my own post company, my company now, like that, I think that's something I would probably dabble in, I think for fun. Yeah. And then I, my kids, my kids will obviously ask me like, can I have those? <laughs> <laughs> of course they will. <laughs> can I inherit those? Yeah. I'll probably say that. I, I love real estate too. I, I wish I could afford more, but I, but I can't maybe, maybe sometime down the line. Yeah. I had, yeah. I had um, a few of my friends, 
also dabble in that and they've, mm-hmm. they've done very well. Um, and it's just, um, you know, if you, if you have the ability to do it, like I see, like I, I see my friends who are very successful and, and doing great. I'm like, wow, that's good. Good for you. I wish, you know, one day when I retire, I'll, I'll, I'll do that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what is it about, about real estate? Like when, when did you start showing an interest for me? Like I've always just been interested, interested in floor plans weird as that sounds like i've always just been interested in like residential architecture i wanted to be an architect when i was little just build homes but now it's just like i like looking at homes and like the the dream of owning one or more and building my own is it's always been enticing to me what about it has like drawn you to it and when um so i'd say um you know, after I did my international MBA, yeah, um, you know, I got to learn, like, there's certain things about the program that, like, you know, how do I apply this to life? How do I apply this to my job? And there's certain things I can apply to, at the time, my, my role at Hoop. But then I'm like, what what other things can I, from the learnings on the skills that you build to, to keep that those learnings going? And I, I don't know what it is about. Maybe it was just the research aspect and yeah. the purchasing mm. of, of real estate that I, like, it was kind of fun. And I'm like, hey, I'm kind of using some of my learnings <laughs> that, you know, from, from, from the NBA. So that was that was really cool. And I guess just the thrill of signing that closing document. <laughs> saying, hey, I, I own something that has some some value now and into the future, right? So it's like those hard assets. It's just, it's just really something about it. It's just really cool. Nice. Yeah. And, and it's not like when you get your paper statements from your say, TFSA or whatever investments you have, like you can actually go to your physical asset and touch it and feel You'd be it like, wow, this is worth that much more yeah. as opposed to, yeah, your TFSA, you look at it, I was like, all right, it's cool. That, that, that's up 3%. Nice. And then you move on. And you move on. <laughs> like, again, I don't find the property management part of it. Like, you just get someone else to, to manage it for you, yeah. I guess. But that's not the part that actually gets me. It's the research and the actual part of the, the purchase, I think, that yeah. gets me. Yeah. Are you kind of always trying to think of, like, what's the next area that could that could be popular? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's I think it's the, um, the geographical diversity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is what really gets me, right? Like, some, some of my friends, you know, they own they own some, some investment properties all in the same location. To me, again, that could be a big risk. And for some people, this is their, this is their retirement pot. Mm. Yeah, totally. This, this is not our retirement pot. Like, again, it's, you know, I've, I've saved enough with my current plan and personal savings, and so is Melanie, mm-hmm. that we'll be okay. And this is more like just a hobby. We're not, this is not a retirement plan per se, but... For me, how do I diversify and spread out that risk? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. If you load it up, if you load it up all your assets in one city and something happens in that, in that location, now you're screwed, right? Like, so, so I try to, if I can diversify the locations to, right, offset any, anything that happens in, in one. So. Awesome. Well, how do we upgrade our hobby from buying Lego sets to like buying properties? Yeah, no, how do I we get there? Suddenly <laughs> my, my collection of lightsabers sounds so childish <laughs> or so much more childish. I don't know. <laughs> I need to sit down and think about that for a little bit. Wow. Daryl Mabini, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, this is awesome. It's my pleasure. And I just want to say like, thanks for inviting me. Uh, you guys are, both of you guys are awesome. I love you guys so much. Um, yeah. What you're doing with this podcast is is amazing. Um, my kids love listening to this, um, <laughs> not not just because they they love both of you, but it's you make it fun. Um, I've really enjoyed sitting in this chair, yeah, feeling like a DJ. Like this is this is, this is really good. Um, yeah. and happy happy to support you guys in any of your endeavors. You guys are awesome. Wow, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. Well. Thank you for joining us. Well, Daryl, I guess maybe maybe you could impose one more, one last piece of advice. I know, mm-hmm. like maybe the pension industry, you know, it was it was all you said it earlier it was like a stopover for you. Now it's become your entire career. Uh, you know, that was kind of unintended for for you. What what would you what piece of advice would you impart to our listeners who you know maybe in a job now that 
they want to move on from or worried of getting stuck or pigeonholed in a job they don't want. What would you say to those people? One thing I'm, I'm very, very blessed and grateful for, for in terms of working for the organization I work for and in, and in the sector I work for. Um, and again, it's not like banking where we're vying for particular, um, you know, client, et cetera. Um, you know, in the public sector pension plan, like there are other, you know, there's the municipal workers pension plan, there's the teacher's pension plan, right? There's all these other public sector pension plans, and we don't compete mm. for the same members. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's great about it is we're very collegial with each other. We share learnings and, and whatnot, but we all have the same sense of purpose, mm. which is we want to deliver on that pension promise. And you think about that for a second, because it seems like, oh, okay, it's just a tagline, why does that matter? But think about every day you walk in, walk in the building, you're helping someone retire. You're helping someone to retire with dignity, uh, you know, helping someone with their financial well-being. So it really gives you a sense of purpose. And the one message I got to say is like, yeah, I didn't become a doctor, mm-hmm. which was, again, intended to help people. But I am helping people. Yeah, I'm not helping them, like physically like on the operating table per se or helping with their cuts and scrapes. But when they get older, they'll thank my organization later or these organizations that help them pay for their day-to-day living. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's again, you got to go back to your values, your beliefs mm-hmm. and have that sense of purpose. Cause without that, it's, you know, you're waking up in the morning, you're miserable. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's what I have to say. Uh, lasting last message to say is like, you know, stick with your values and beliefs have that sense of purpose when you wake up. That's inspiring. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to cry now. Yeah, enough said. I need another beer. (laughs) Wow. Well, thank you again, Daryl, for for joining us today. Uh, Yeah. Best of luck with the the rest of your your career. Um, Maybe we'll have you back on in the future because, you know, it's, it is just like a couple blocks away from us, <laughs> from where we live. Love to do it. This is awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Ling. Thank you. And, and listeners, thank you for, for continuing to support us and listen and push us to be like, hey, when's the next episode coming out? <laughs> well, it's here, okay? We'll keep doing them. And we love you. And we'll catch you in the next episode. It's been Career Career Advice. Advice. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye.